very sad story of, of a person uh, really being under attack of the enemy and the enemy has gotten into this house, into this person's house or into his life and is disrupting his life and has taken up residence in his life and causing uh, 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 spiritual uh, decline, spiritual illness, spiritual, uh, dis spiritual decline to come to that person's life and manifesting in ways, as the scripture talks about here, blindness or manifesting in ways of dumbness where a person can't speak or we can go down the list, causing all types of sicknesses and diseases, poverty, all those kind of things is affecting a person because this unclean spirit, the spirit of, of Satan, of the enemy, has gotten in, causing this person's uh, life to decline. That's a sad state because once the, 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 the spirit, these spirits have been cast out, the person's okay. But when the spirits get cast out and go to dry places, finds no rest, they come back finds that house still vacant, nobody has taken up residence in it, then the spirit uh, brings seven other additional spirits more wicked than himself, and seven plus the one, eight, they go in, and the Bible says the state of that house or that person is worse than the first. So he might have been blind and dumb the first time, but the next time he's got eight other, seven other things going on with him now. Oh, I say seven. It could be a multiplicity of things now because this one activated two things in a person's life. You know what I mean? So there could be a number of things going on within that person, all kind of things going on. So, but we have to work, and, and what we have to make sure we understand is that we have to practice Matthew 18 and 18, making sure that when that spirit is cast out, we bind him, get him out, tie him up, bind him up, get him out. But after we bind him up and get him out, then we must make sure that that house doesn't remain vacant. It has to be filled. And I was sharing with the children tonight, if blindness and dumbness is cast out and now is cast out, then there has to be something that must come and reside in there. So if blindness is cast out, then what resides in there now if we loose it by the power of God? Sight. If dumbness is cast out, then what, what do we loose now as the power of God into that house? Speech. Okay, that's what we loose in there, the power of God releasing his ability to speak, the power of God releasing his healing power to see. So when we cast out or bind up and cast out all these things, then we have to replace it with what God says ought to be there. So the scripture says whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And we understand that the way we appropriate that and understand that is whatever is illegal in heaven must be illegal in the earth. So we cast that out because it's illegal in heaven and God don't want it. And what is legal and permissible in heaven, we loose that now here in the earth. Everybody with me? Okay. Now, we're looking at several things, a number of doors uh, that we've been talking about <clears throat> because, of course, from Ephesians 4.27, the Bible says, give no place to the devil, no place, no foothold, no opportunity, no room. Don't open the door for the devil to come in, right? We said that there are several doors. One we said was number, number one, we said was fear, right? 
Two, we said, was a spirit of error. Three is a spirit of infirmity. Four, spirit of bondage. Five, the perverse spirit. And we're going to move into six today, which is the spirit of jealousy. Now, let's just go and look at five again, dealing with the perverse spirit. A perverse spirit. Now, let me give you, just so you have a working definition of a perverse spirit, let me just say some words so that you can start to connect here. When we think of perverse spirit or uh, perverse spirit, we know the word perverted, root pervert, okay, to pervert that which is perverted, perverse spirit. That spirit, or to, to uh, be perverted, something that is perverted um, is that which violates natural or normal use. That which violates natural or normal use. Or, or and or to change the natural or original use of a thing. To change the natural or original use of a thing. Whatever God intended for something, when it is changed and used differently, it has been perverted. Because that's not the normal use for it. That's not God's original plan and use for a thing. So it is to take what God intended and then change it for another use. Okay? Which means it brings in the word if it's not what God originally planned or, uh, or its natural use, then it is unnatural. It is being used in an unnatural manner. Go to Isaiah chapter 5. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter number 5. Okay? So it is the unnatural use of a thing. Isaiah chapter 5, I just want to bring this out just to lift it under you, just so that you can see it. It says there in verse number 20, it gives some woes there, a uh, couple of woes, but let's just look at the woe of verse 20 in chapter 5. It says, woe unto them that, help me read it, call evil good and good evil that put darkness for light and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Okay? That which is perverted is changed to an unnatural use. Whatever God said it's supposed to be, it is now used in the exact opposite of what God said it is supposed to be used for. 
Everybody say perverse spirit. Listed a number of things. We, we said there's a, the filthy mind. And, I, and there are scriptures that deal with the mind being filthy, a dirty mind. It just, it just talks about how the mind, the mind begins to conceive unnatural things. Okay? Evil actions. That just talks about the acts. The actions are in opposite, unnatural to what God called for it to be. And we mentioned abortion. Everything that God is about is life, isn't it? Okay, he gives none of us the right to take a life. That's why murder is in within the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill. Okay? So abortion is murdering. Hello? You know, you can debate with folks all day long when does life begin. But it's real simple when it comes down to, the, to a believer. Life begins when it's conceived in the mind of God. Okay, and then when it gets into the birth canal, any interruption of that, come on, y'all. <laughs> Debate all day long, but it's real simple. <laughs> okay, when does life begin, all that kind of stuff. It's real, real simple. Uh, we talked about child abuse. Children were never made. You were never made to be abused. Okay? And let me just put a little disclaimer there. Uh, corporal punishment, done in the right way, done in love, discipline done in love is not abuse. Unfortunately, our society and doctors have ascribed to the fact of all of these other disciplinary, disciplinary ways, this time out and all that kind of stuff, ways of disciplining the children, and they have certain things with the, with the, um, with the, 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 what do you call them? They got the, the, the children, and then they have the, 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 they have the adolescents and the teens and the tweens, all these, all these names that they have now, you know, and how you, how you have to. You know, there's certain things that this group likes more than others, so you take. The teenagers are more prone to having friends and peers, so you take away their ability to, to visit with their friends or spend time with their friends, and that's supposed to be the best form of discipline for them. But uh, when you deal with the, the, the ones in the adolescence and the younger, you know, you're supposed to deal with direct things and you talk with them over and over again and be patient with them by using verbal languages and timeouts and things of that nature. Scripture says, if you beat that child, he will not die. The Bible says that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Here it goes. And the rod of correction will drive it far from him. The scripture says, if you beat him, he will not die. 
The only thing that we have to be careful of is when you're using corporal punishment or you're going to the spanking method is that you don't do it while you're angry. You always have to remain in a loving mode. I'm spanking you because I love you. Okay? But if your temperature is boiling, then we're not really sure if you're in love right now. So let the child go now. I say now, let him go. Because you want to take him out, take her out. I brought you in and I'll take you out, okay? Um, some other things, uh, of course, there is, when you deal with perverted, it talks about the unnatural use of a body as it relates to sex. Pornography, taking the body, taking the body of a human being and using it now for self-stimulation and arousal. Hello, looking at pictures and stimulating. It's a mental filthy mind that's messing with your mind. Hello, pornography, looking at children, little boys and little girls. Okay, incest is another sexual type of a sin. Incest is another type of, uh, of, of dealing with perverse spirit. Bestiality. It's another perversion. Okay, that's two kingdoms coming together, the animal kingdom and, and mankind. Okay? That is crazy, isn't it? But people engage. People engage because, because of this perverted spirit. Y'all got it? Perverted spirit. Men with men doing that which is unseemly. Women with women. Okay? All of these things. Uh, another, another product of a perverse spirit is an, a person who thinks they are an atheist, who takes the position that they are an atheist. And real simply put, an atheist, I'll just say it like this, an atheist just simply hates God. Real simple. They hate God. You can go into other things about an atheist and his mindset, but the base of it all is that he hates, he or she, that person hates God. They are God-haters. They despise God. They have hatred for God. Okay, Romans 1 and 30 and Proverbs 14 and 2. Haters. That's a spirit that comes from a perverted spirit. Okay? In, in the book of Romans, when you look at verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 17 through 32, uh, I'm just going to go ahead because there's a question that was raised about uh, a reprobate mind. What happens to a person when God turns them over to a reprobate mind? That's a question that's all on the floor. Let's just real quickly deal with it. The best way that I can help you to understand this is to take you to the definition of reprobate. And I'm going to keep it simple. I'm not going to try to be deep with it. The word reprobate means rejected. 
The word reprobate means rejected. It also means disapproved. Disqualified. Just to help you understand the word reprobate. Okay, let me take it further now. There was a man in the Bible who was the people's choice to be king. Anybody remember him back in the Old Testament? The people's choice? What's his name? Saul. Saul was the people's choice because the people wanted to have a king like the other nations. And they complained to God and asked God for him. And then God, through the prophet, allowed them to have the king. They wanted Saul, so they had the king. Saul was made king. Now Israel had a king like the other nations had a king. Long story short, the, the, the instruction for the, the king, king Saul was that when he was to deal with the Amalekites, he was to kill everything, not just the people, but kill everything, the cattle, the animals, everything, and the king of the Amalekites. Kill everything. Well, at the end of the day, yes, yes, just about everything got killed. And what happened was the best of the sheep was left, the cows, the best of, and the king. They kept alive. And here comes the prophet, Samuel, you know, asking the question, did you do what God told you to do to kill everything? King Saul says, yes. Prophet Samuel says, what is this bleeding of sheep that I hear? What's this lowing in the, behind me? What's, what's this happening here? And then, of course, Saul begins to make his excuses that I, I kept the best. I saved the best so we can make sacrifice. And plus the people, the people did this. The people wanted to keep them. And God had given the instruction to the prophet to kill how much? Everything. The Bible says as a result, well, the Bible said, talk, God says it's better to obey than to sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. In this case, God wanted obedience. He didn't want no sacrifice. He just wanted what he said done, period. And it wasn't done. As a result of that, the Bible says that God rejected Saul as king. Okay? He was still king, but he was now rejected as king. That simply means that he had been disqualified from being king in the eyes of God. God's hand, well, here you go, God's hand on his life was withdrawn. He now had a position without God. He did not have God's support any longer, which means his days of king, being a king, were numbered. It's like anything. You cut off a person's arm off of their body. That arm is still alive. How you know? Because it's still shaking, even though it's disconnected. But because it's not connected any longer to the body, life is leaving it. The body still lives, but the arm is dying because now the blood flowing from the body is no longer flowing into the arm. So that arm has been rejected. It is dying. It is ineffective now. It is not counted on anymore to be a part of that body. It is, it is, it is not looked upon now favorably at all. It is, it is not even counted in on anything. It's done. That arm is left 
to die. Everybody say reprobate. When it comes down to a reprobate mind, here's the word I want you to connect with it. It's not one act that makes you reprobate. It's a lifestyle that you take on. It's a way of life that you take on. It's not one thing that you do. It is not a sin, a sin that makes you a reprobate. It is the consistency of sin that you take on as a lifestyle that that's how, you go, that's how you're going to live, okay? And the reprobate mind, God turns a person over because that's what that person has decided to do, that they're going to live like this as a lifestyle, okay? And here's the thing to understand about reprobate. Reprobate means that here is a standard set by God, that this is the way it's supposed to be. And now the standard has been broken, not once, but a, 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 a set mind, a mindset says, you know what? I don't like that way. I'm going to do it my way. This is the way I want to do it. This is the way I'd rather do it. That's a dumb way. Pardon me for saying it like that, but I need y'all to see this. That I'm choosing now not to not make mistakes. I'm choosing now on purpose to live like this throughout. And the Bible says when a person makes a serious decision, God knows, when a person makes a decision to not live according to the standard, but choose to live according to another standard, a natural opposite from what God created, God says, I will let them live that way. I reject them. I remove my hand from their life, and I allow them to be what they want to be. Which means when he turns them over to a rejected state, Saul, arm cut off, they are disconnected now from the hope of getting back to the standard. And then they, they suffer and live with the recompense or consequence of their action, which means if they're living that way, then death comes to them. Here you go now. Spiritual death comes to them, which means if they are rejected by God, if God rejects them, they are no longer his. So heaven is no longer their possibility because they can't even think to even want to come back. See, you got to understand, when God turns them over or allows it to be, they can't even think to get back and repent. Repenting is not even a part of what they even desire or want because, because this whole idea of the per perverse spirit is to live in an unnatural or opposite from God. How are you going to live opposite from God and then still, still receive God's things? When I say live, I'm talking lifestyle. Everybody say lifestyle. It's different. Believers sin, but our sin state has been eradicated by the blood of Jesus. 
So when we sin, that's not who we are, which now gives us a right by the blood of Jesus to get rid of it. Hello? So we are no longer sinners. Y'all with me? Okay. So reprobate, when God turns you over to a reprobate mind, he turns you over to unnatural use opposite from himself, which leaves no hope for him. Not when people turn you over, when God turns you over. I want you to get that. When God rejects you, you are rejected. Y'all got it? Okay, the standards are here. You choose to develop another lifestyle opposite from God, living another standard as a lifestyle. God says, that's what you want. I'm not going to just hold you here against your will. There you go. You can have it. Okay. And you got to understand, as the best we can as humans, that God's just not going to let you go there just over something just weak. You have to really have a perverted mind. You have to really be under, what's the word I'm looking for? Possessed. You, you have to be taken over. All right? Everybody here? Romans chapter number one, verses, you can catch all that, verses 17 through 32, but it's right there somewhere around 27 through 30. You'll pick it up. Other scriptures that you can connect with that. Um, scriptures like 2 Timothy 3 and 2. Okay. That was, that was just responding to the question that was out there. What happens to a person um, when God turns them over to a reprobate mind? I want you to know this is a serious thing when God rejects you. Okay. He's not going to just reject you for no reason. God's bigger than that. You have to set yourself and your life up against God. And God is the one who determines how you set yourself up against him for him to have to turn you over doing those things that are unseemly. Thank you, sir. It is very, very serious. Very, very serious. It is this very, there is this blasphemy. There is this deep disregard and disrespect for God. Okay? It is living like the devil himself if I can say it like that, okay? As a believer, here's a question. As a believer who have not dealt with their generational curses, should they have children? Should a believer who have not dealt with generational curses have children? 
let me answer it to you like this. Do you control life? Are you the author of life? Therein lies the answer. Because God provides everything that we need through his power to deal with generational curses. The fear of not having children is the fear of the enemy. And that's not for any believer. So if you're operating in fear, then you got to get out of fear. Because that don't really have nothing to do with whether you should have children or not. You're just in fear and you're allowing the devil to control. But let me take the power of life out of your hands before you hurt yourself. Okay? I'm saying it like this because I don't want anyone to feel. The question's on the floor. And, 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 you know, should you have children if you've not dealt with generational curses in your life? Let me take the power out of your hand of life. It's not yours to give. When you find out about generational curses, you deal with it. And you live life the way God called you to live it. That's why we're talking about what we're talking about. We do not live in fear. The first door we dealt with was fear. God's not given to us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Don't live in fear. You deal with fear. Remove the power of life out of your hands because you cannot control it. The moment you start manipulating with life, you're messing with God. Always remember the scripture teaches us in Psalm, I can't pull it right now, 127, there it is, thank you, Lord, that children are a heritage of the Lord. They're not even yours. We're stewards over them. They're not even yours. They're his. They're a heritage of the Lord. He puts us puts them in our care. He uses our bodies to bring them here. No way in the world Mary can say that Jesus was, my, was mine. Joseph can't say Jesus was mine. No. God uses, used her body to bring him here. And he said, now locally in the earth, I'm calling you to manage my seed. Right? So we just have to deal with fear. So, you know, when it comes down to generational curses, just deal with it. Pick your head up and, and cast out fear. Perfect love, cast out fear. Perfected love, cast out fear. Get Jesus involved. No fear in love, the Bible says. Get all that stuff out. Generational curses, put that stuff under your feet. You know how to deal with it. Okay? We know how to deal with it. You stop it. You draw a bloodline right here. And you stand on it by faith. Believe God. It's not your power that stops it. It's God's power that stops it. Amen. We're the ones who, we're the, we're, we're the spiritual policemen. We're the ones now who activate it. But it's God's power. It's like the, it's like the, it's like the gifts of healing. Gifts of healings. Whose gift is it? It's God's gift. Okay? He, just, he just let it be in you so he can get done what he wants to do through you. It's not your gift. Okay? 
All right. Hallelujah. Okay. Now let me wind it up here. I didn't even get to the spirit of jealousy, did I? All right. Just right. I guess we wrote it last time too. Right spirit of jealousy. Door six. <laughs> if you probably wrote it again, write it before, write it again. Okay, did I give you the characteristics of it? Murder, revenge, strife, envy, hatred, anger or rage, extreme competition. I gave you that, right? Here's, no? All right. <laughs> okay. Spirit of jealousy produces murder, revenge or spite, strife, it produces envy, the spirit of jealousy yields hatred, anger and rage, and extreme competition. That's what the spirit of jealousy produces. Here is the word I want you to write down for its definition. Well, words. To be resentful of another person's advantage and being desirous of it. To be resentful of another person's advantage, advantage and be desirous of it. It's resentment that somebody else got something that you didn't get, and you want theirs. You resent it. It's unfair. How they get that? I don't want them to have it. I want theirs. The Bible says jealousy is crueler than the grave. It says crueler than the grave. And we'll pick up from there because we're going to talk about this murder that happened between two brothers because of resentment. We're going to talk about Joseph dealing with his brothers who put him in a pit because they resented him. Jealousy. Resentful because another person has an advantage that they don't have. You don't want them to have that advantage. Who do they think they are? I'm better than them. Jealousy. The word jealousy, I can't stop, but I'm gonna stop, is the word zealousy. Zeal. Zealousy. Seriously, zealousy. It comes out of the word zealous, to be zealous. 
is zealousy. It talks about the hot fury that comes behind. It's the passion, the power to push. It talks about the fuel that makes you want to kill. All right, let's stand to our feet. Yeah, it's ugly. It's mean. It's mean. It is mean. It's, da it's down, dirty, ugly, mean. It's underhanded. It's spiteful. Good, you closed your book. I, must, I can say this one while you close your book. Good, good. Revenge. That's part of it. Revenge. Come on, lift your hands. We got the power of Matthew 18 and 18 on our side. We got the power of Matthew 18, 18 on our side. We got God on our side. Glory to God. My Lord, that perverse spirit can't live in this house. Come on, talk to yourself. Say, that perverse spirit cannot live in this house. Point to yourself. The perverse spirit cannot live in this house. No un natural uses. Spirit of jealousy can't live in here. So by the power of God now, we bind up that perverse spirit now in the name of Jesus. We bind it up in the name of Jesus. But Jesus, you said, it's by the finger of God, the power of God, that you cast out these spirits. And you said that as the power of God moves and flows and these spirits are cast out, you said the kingdom of God is present. The way God operates is present. So now we begin to release God's ways of operation now. We begin to release kingdom ways by binding up that perverse spirit now. In the name of Jesus, unnatural uses of what God intended. We bind that up, cast it out in the name of Jesus, and we release now, hallelujah, we release now pureness and, and holiness now. We release God's order. God's arrangement now in the name of Jesus. Spirit of jealousy, we command you in the name of Jesus now to cease and desist in your operation. We bind you up now. Spirit of resentment now and revenge in Jesus' name. We tie you up, bind you up now cast you out in the name of Jesus. And we release now and loose God's love, his perfect love into the house. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Desiring to see our brother do well. Desiring to see our sister do well. 
desiring to see our brothers get the advantage and not Satan. I would rather see my brother get the advantage rather than Satan get the advantage. I would rather see my sister, my son, my daughter, my wife, my husband get the advantage rather than that devil. In the name of Jesus. So I thank you now, Lord, for your power being loosed, power of love. In the name of Jesus. And we bless you for the victory, even right now, in Jesus' name. Come on, if you agree with that, let's bless God with a hearty amen and a hand clap.